Alright man, this is episode number 55 of the Cozy Quarter of Cinema. This is being recorded on April 15th, 2023 at 10.18am. And just looking outside, man, what a beautiful day awaits us, man. It's just the past couple of days, it's been teetering on being a, a wee bit too muggy, a wee bit too hot, but just on that crisp there, man, there's a beautiful breeze in the air. You just see everybody totally taking it in. People are outside, wearing comfortable clothing, they're driving around with the windows down, and you stop at a red light or a stop sign and you hear people's music coming from their cars you hear people conversating on the street it's a good time to be alive man we gotta soak up these days while we still got them because next thing you know we're gonna be saying oh it's too hot or oh it's too cold you know it's days like these that you want to find the most opportunity and really go for it and of course i'll be spending the day going to the cinema you know a bit of a contradictory point there but it doesn't matter what you do with the day as long as you do something with it whatever it is that makes you happy that you want to do and we got a sip of this coffee right here hope you guys have had a very productive and good week and weekend wow man it's great to actually have an episode out that's not on a monday after work man you know so there's been a couple of times where you get home from work and i try to put these episodes out and you know you really got to find that courage and really got to find that energy to put these out uh but it's all about getting the job done that's what we're all about here man is getting the job done and you know today i tell you you know you you, you wake up today you're like, what the hell am I doing with my life, man? Well, I got good news for you, man. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, man. You're sitting around going, I wanted to write that great novel. I wanted to direct that great film. I wanted to make this awesome, you know, uh, album. And you're thinking, I, I, you know, I, I haven't done it yet. Well, today you start off and you do it. You work towards it. And if you're already, you know, if you've already been working at it, if you've already been doing the great writing or reading, whatever it is, then you're already off to a great head start, man. So don't waste the time while you still got it, man. Because before you know it, you're going to be sitting around going, oh, man, it's, uh, it's already, you know, it's already April or May. You know, whenever people say, oh, it's already this time of the year, year's you know, it's going by so fast, and let me tell you, man, the older you get, the, the faster time's gonna go, man, you know, I, uh, and people are like, oh, man, I can't believe it's already April or May or June, I've done nothing this year, and I'm thinking, man, I can't relate to you at all, you know, it's, uh, you don't want to be wasting these days, you don't want to be sitting around on social media, you know, just watching some TV show, and just drinking the days away, man, and that's, that's what you really want to do with the time, then you do that, and it's no one's right to tell you how to use your time as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, but being aware of it is also important, man. Um, you get a sip of this, another sip of this coffee right here. Make sure I don't have a dry throat when I go to record these, man. It's been a couple times where I felt like I've been swallowing a couple of razor blades trying to talk, man, because I'll scratch it up to hell, but all right, man. A lot of, uh, there's a couple sales happening right now. You know, I was going to talk about this last week, but I didn't get an opportunity to. Um, at the time of recording this, there are a couple of good sales happening that uh, you may want to be aware of to jump on. Um, I uh, partook in a, part, uh, yeah, partook in a couple of sales. And actually, one just started up again yesterday. So this weekend, 
uh, this weekend only at the time of recording this, so it might be too late by the time you get to this, but, uh, you know, definitely want to keep these in mind that AGFA, the American Genre Film uh, Archive, it has a 50% off sale going on on Vinegar Syndrome's website. Uh, a lot of interesting titles here. You know, there's uh, they got their their new their uh, newer releases, I should say, films like Attack of the Beast Creatures, and uh, Glow with a story of gorgeous uh, of the gorgeous uh, ladies of wrestling. Uh, the Zodiac Killer has a new slipcover with it. This is an old release by them, and it's an interesting film. This is uh, I, I don't know if it's exactly a, a, a great film. You know, actually, I know it's not a great film, but it's uh, it's interesting for sure, man. It's something else. Uh, definitely want to keep that in mind if you're interested in a lot of that uh, true crime uh, sort of stuff. You know, I'm not not as knowledgeable, but I like uh, you know watching a lot of it, man. And you got the Doris Richman sets. You got uh, one of my favorites, man, Wicked World by uh, Barry J. Gillis, who did one of my favorite films, Things, which is just one of the most insane, uh, transgressive pieces of art I've ever seen. It's a film you watch and you want to show it to people. But there's also other plenty of solid films as well. Uh, the McPherson tape is a real solid uh, found footage film uh, from the 1980s. You have Scary Tales, which is a fun SOV anthology film. Uh, Jungle Trap, which was an unfinished film that eventually got finished uh, a couple years ago. I picked up their release of The Leather Boys when they had uh, the the uh, sale this past January of the, of the of the films for $10. So I grabbed this for $10. This looks really interesting, man. This this has uh, what the hell's her name, man? Is it I want to make sure I got the name right here. Real interesting actor, man. Yeah, that's what it is. Rita Tushingham who uh, uh, I think most people probably know from the film A Taste of Honey. Uh, from 1961. That, I don't know if that is a Blu-ray or not, but uh, either way, that's got to be kept in mind. But yeah, definitely check out that film if you haven't already, A Taste of Honey. Real interesting coming-of-age film, but she's in this film as well. I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. But either way, keep keep that in mind. Check out those titles, man. You know, uh, uh, See if there's anything on your radar. While you're there, look at some other titles, man. There's no shortage of interesting Blu-rays and 4Ks and DVDs to come across on the site. As well as Kino Lorber have their sale going on right now. I don't know when this one ends. I think maybe in about a week or so. But they have a whole handful of titles there. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of 4Ks. You know, a lot of titles I've talked about before. The Blu-ray episodes. Uh, great films worth of time. Taking the Pelham 1, 2, 3, Marathon Man, Serpico, Death Wish, uh, The Italian Job. Which I actually just watched a couple of days ago, man, from, uh, what year is that from, man, 1969, man, with Michael Caine, and what a terrific film that was, man, just a real fun, great, uh, uh, uh high-pursuit car chase film, it's just, it's just awesome, man, directed by Peter, uh, Peter, uh, Collinson, what else did he direct, man, that name sounds so familiar, I want to see if I'm familiar with any of his other work, uh, might not be... Uh, oh, we directed that film, Fright, which uh, just recently got a Blu-ray. I don't think that's gotten the best uh, of uh, talk, but yeah, I don't. I, that might be the only film of his I've seen was uh, The Italian Job. Um, actually, that, that the remake of that is coming to 4K next month, so I haven't seen that one, but I'll bring that up again. Anyways, you got the Kino sale going on, and you also have the Arrow and Arrow UK sale going on. Um, I purchased a handful of titles. Um from the Aero UK uh, sale. I mentioned before that Second Run had a whole uh, handful of titles that I've been looking to get, and wouldn't you know it, man, 
I picked up a whole handful of second run titles, man. It was awesome. Picked up some 4K upgrades. Maybe I'll talk about some of those when I get to rewatch those, man. Um, I finally grabbed that 4K at Croupier. I, I wanted to get that when it came out, but um, it's just one of these things I never got around to. It. You know, you talk about so many Blu-rays that it's sort of like, you know, you, you can't get everything, man. I, I, you know, unless you just devote all your income to only Blu-rays. And But, hey, man, I got I got I got bills to pay. I got food to eat. You know, it looks like, hey, maybe maybe uh, maybe one day I don't worry about any of that stuff, uh, you know, I can just buy, spend all my money on films, but not, not quite there yet, man, but yeah, I grabbed that 4K at Croupier, and, uh, man, I just, there's just a lot of really good stuff, uh, happening, man, and, and, uh, Arrow US has a sale as well, uh, so, you know, keep an eye out for those, man, plenty of good titles, I don't think the brand new titles are, on sale yet, uh, to my knowledge. I really wanted to grab that Lucas Moodison set, which I still haven't got. Um, an acquaintance of mine has been talking about the films on his YouTube channel, and he's just gotten me really uh, uh, psyched to check out some of his work. I- I've only seen uh, Loving a Mall or, or Fucking a Mall, you know, uh, as I say it, a mall, A M A L. Uh, and I really, you know, what a charming film that was. I watched that for 1998, and it was just a really, real charming um, uh, lesbian coming of age story. This girl, he's just, man, I just really dug that film. Uh, I also watched an interesting film a little while ago, which would make a good pairing with it, um, made around that same time. A film I don't like quite as much, but I I, uh, I think recently got a restoration within the past year or two. Uh, I'm going to mess up the title here. It's, uh, is it the incredible, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm actually going to look this up because I'm going to mess up the uh, title. I was talking about a film uh, yesterday with an acquaintance of mine. I just got the title completely wrong. Yeah, it's the incredibly true adventure of two girls in love from 1995. Uh, yeah, I didn't love the film or anything like that. You know, I think it's an it's a, a, a more interesting uh, time capsule and period piece of of the 90s. It feels very 90s, but a uh, very interesting film as well. I, w- I would recommend that from director uh, Maria Magenti. Magenti. How uh, do you say that name? Coffee time, man. Mm. Very good stuff. All right, man. Went on a whole tangent there, man. Jeez Louise, already wasted, uh, well, I didn't waste, but already nine minutes behind us. So, we're not going to waste any more time. Not that we wasted time, but you know what I mean, man. I'm just talking as I'm going. I'm still half asleep. I got the coffee in me, so if I ramble on or stumble over my words, man, just bear with me. All right. I read an interesting, finished reading an interesting book recently about, uh, well, I think I mentioned a while ago, I, uh, I, um, the last book I had read before this one was that interesting book on, um, let me actually type this in here, hold on, uh, interesting book on, oh, geez Louise, man, trying to, uh, do this and also trying to get this up, okay, there we go. I read that interesting book on Francois Truffaut, and it was an analysis of his films. It was uh, uh, primarily his first handful of films. It goes up to a certain point, and I think the revised edition of that um, is when it went into his later work, some of his last couple films, films like uh, The Last Metro, uh, Mississippi Mermaid, I believe was a later one, um, The Man Who Loved Woman, and... I don't remember what his last film was. Anyway, very interesting, um, very interesting book. And actually, uh, speaking of the keynote sale, uh, there's a I didn't realize how many True Foe titles they had released there. I, I knew about the ones that Criterion released, but I grabbed all the True Foe titles from the keynote sale, the collection, um, the story of Adele H, uh, what was it, Mississippi Mermaid, and the, it was one more that I don't remember the name of, but 
It's a really great look at how how smart of a filmmaker Truffaut was and how interesting of a guy he was, you know, of that whole period. I, I've talked about this a couple times before, but of, of that period of the Cahiers, I think you say Cahiers, I don't know, Cahiers New Cinema, the magazine, uh, we had a lot of a lot of uh, prolific filmmakers who were uh, critics who worked for that magazine or people who were in that kind of uh, 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 circle of people filmmakers like you know Eric Romer and they were all they were all fascinated by the works of like you know, most noticeably Hitchcock I mean Truffaut would become just uh, uh, the name is almost synonymous with Hitchcock he's written many a work on him he's interviewed him he's just fantastic but um, Eric Romer as well. Um, is it, I don't know. I think Claude Chabrol might have been before that. I'm not actually sure. Claude Chabrol is one of the big French filmmakers whose work I am not as familiar with. I actually picked up both of those box sets from an Arrow sale a little while ago. And actually, the other night I watched one of his films, uh, Cop A Vin, I believe is the title of it, um, which is very interesting. I, I really like that film a lot. And uh, But uh, him, his work, and actually, I know way before, but Jean Renoir... Uh, the both of their works as prolific French filmmakers, I am less familiar with. With the Jean Renoir, I've only seen The Rules of the Game, which is actually coming to 4K soon, and Tony, which has a Criterion Blue. And I like both those films a lot. So, anyways, geez Louise, man, this coffee's getting to me. I'm rambling like a crazy person. But of course, one of the most prolific filmmakers of that era is uh, Jean Luc Godard. Of course, he's made many a film that uh, he's of uh, of a lot of the French filmmakers. I think most people probably would most people it's easier to love uh, films by Truffaut, by Romer. Um, it's it's Godard. I've, I've found in the past couple of years, <clears throat> when it comes to um, talking about his work with acquaintances, people have strong opinions on him and his films one way or another. I find that I've found less people who are into French cinema uh, uh, being interested in Godard's work. And it's interesting because he is such an interesting filmmaker. Um, he's a personality for sure. I think much like his films, he's a he is more of a character than I would say... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's more of, a, more of a personality than a true foe. Somebody like that. But I don't... I find Truffaut's work far more interesting. Godard is a filmmaker who uh, I is a, is one of my favorite French filmmakers for sure. He's, I think he has made some incredible films. Um, ironically, one of my favorite films of his, Contempt, is one that he is not as crazy about, and it's one that is quote unquote a, a studio film. But I think Contempt is really phenomenal. My favorite of his work for sure, undoubtedly. Gosh, I need to get a new chair, man. This chair is squeaking like a mouse, man. I tell you. <laughs> one of um, I'm sorry. My favorite film is uh, is Pierre Lafou with uh, Jean-Paul Belmondo and Anna Karina. I think it's a really terrific film. But also uh, Alphaville, I think is great. Um, uh, of course, a uh, Band of Outsiders or a Band Apart. But some of his films, I think, are benefit from not watching first. I, the first film is that it seems breathless. I mean, it's actually speaking of which, it just got announced for a 4K. Um, and that's a film that when I first saw it, I, I was aware of the reputation that I had among being a very, a very, being a very important French film. Um, but I found myself not as interested in the characters in that film. I found it to be, uh, 
you know, it's difficult to it's difficult to criticize without coming off as um I don't I, I don't know, I don't want to criticize when and sound like a jerk because it, when I look at a film like that I, I understand its importance in film history. It's just a film that I don't quite attach myself to. I think that and like masculine feminine are two of his films, well, Masculine Feminine was, was later, but are two of his films that I understand the importance, but I don't quite connect with. I don't find quite as interesting as a film like Pierre Lefou or Appleville. You know, different kinds of films for sure. Godard was a filmmaker who, uh, you know, was was doing very different things uh, uh, in terms of you can watch a film like Breathless or Masculine Feminine, and then you can watch a film, like you can enjoy a film, like if somebody didn't like those films, I would still recommend Contempt or Alphaville, films that are a little bit more... Um, and I, I, not necessarily accessible because they are still Godard type films, but are definitely less. Um, I guess full of itself is is the way that you might want to put it. it the, the way the book is, I should also mention the name of the book. Um, the book is Godard: A Portrait of the Artist of Seventy, written by Colin McCabe from two thousand five. I don't know if this has any revised editions or not. Godard has, of course, passed away recently, and his last film from twenty eighteen. Also, I apologize. I keep smacking my lips. I was listening back to something, and I, I kept doing that, man. So I, I do apologize. I'm trying to be more aware of when I talk. Um, but his last film, I'm sorry, was The Image Book from 2018, which I found to be very interesting. And this was, uh, I think it was 80-something when he passed. But um, the, the book is, uh, it, it's an interesting portrait in the way that Colin McCabe is... Uh, is a, a, a fan of Qadar, but is also uh, um, looking at his career and his life in a way that would show how difficult it could... I mean, for one, the impression I, I got from the book is that Qadar was a very difficult person to be with. He was a very... I don't want to say selfish, because that's maybe not the right word, but he definitely was more interested in himself than other people. There's a couple of times in the book where he comes off as very cruel and very mean-spirited. He he makes uh, he, Anna Anna Karina or Karina, uh, you know, suffered a really just awful miscarriage and became very uh, suicidal and just very tragic. You know, uh, I, I which I never knew about. And he very he really was not interested so much in that. He was really more just interested in getting her for his films and. And he just, uh, he makes some comments about uh, the, he, he had a, a little bit of a feud with, not even a feud, but they, he had a, I guess maybe a feud, yeah, with Roman Polanski and made a very, uh, 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 he made a very um, uh, bizarre comment about the death of Sharon Tate that it just it was, it's a, it was a weird thing to say. And, it's, and same with Truffaut, him and Truffaut sort of had a falling out of sorts. And uh, had a another strange comment about learning that Truffaut, who died of, I think he died of, was it brain cancer? I believe in the eighties, you know, much before his time, man. I, I think we were really uh, the the later works of Truffaut, of Truffaut is uh, an interesting direction of his career because uh, it, it's definitely a far cry from his earlier work. Um, I think the Last Metro is a film that I'm not totally crazy about, I, but I like it. It's a very interesting film. Anyways, my point is that the, the book, I'm going off on a tangent, but the book is not afraid to show Godard in a very, um, uh, not so great light. Uh, uh, he was somebody who was very devoted to his craft. He was very, very opinionated. 
and was more interested in himself and his work. Um, but he also could be very caring and kind, and some of his film sets were very easy to work with. Others were not so much. I forgot what two films they were, but there was two films in the 70s or 80s that they just talk about the experience as being just uh, uh, just completely miserable because Godard was such a, a difficult person to work with, and even in his later years, uh, just never uh, relented, you know, it's... Uh, you, you, I, uh, I look at his work and I look at specifically Truffaut because the book mentions him a lot, and I just think that they're two interesting filmmakers, but I think are two filmmakers that were on completely different spectrums of talent. I, I think Truffaut and his writing and the way that he structures not only plots but the characters. I, I think Truffaut is a is much more scholarly. I find his work to be far more interesting and without being too derivative, I found me a much more intelligent person than Godard, much more aware, much less narcissistic. Not that I'm saying Godard is narcissistic, but I, I got much more of an ego from Godard. Whereas Godard, I think, was making very interesting films in his own right, you know? I, I think it's undeniable to... The, the book talks about his editing, uh, uh, briefly talks about his editing, and you watch his films like Weekend, uh, or Breathless, and you see his editing and his kind of quick cuts, masculine, feminine. Uh, a couple of his films I haven't seen. I haven't seen Vivre, Vivre Savi, and I haven't seen uh, the La Petite Soldade. Uh, I, actually, funny, I own La Petite Soldade, and I have uh, Vivre, Vivre Savi recorded off TCM, but I haven't watched those yet. So I, uh, La Petite Soldade, I believe, was his follow-up to Breathless, and I don't know what year Vivre Savi was, but he's, he's a very interesting filmmaker in his own right. But after reading the novel, it, it painted a good portrait of why his films might be a little more difficult to get into and why his personality may turn some people off. You know, when I watch films, I'm not really interested so much in the personality of the filmmaker. People... Will say I'm not. I know I don't want to watch this film because this, you know, because I don't like this guy involved. I don't like this guy involved. Which, by the way, I think it's it's a silly man. You know, I've I've heard people say, you know, for like certain actors, people, I'm not watching that film because I just because they said something that I don't I don't agree with. They said they did this or that. And I'm thinking, man, if you're gonna do that, you might as well just stop watching films at all because I mean, you're gonna it, it it's making a film is no small feat and requires. Can require a lot of people. So if you're so if you're not going to watch a film because you don't like somebody involved, then you know who knows that. But what about the production's assistant? Maybe they're uh, they did this that you disagree with. Maybe the the uh, costume designer. You know this and that. It's, I I don't really uh, agree with. You know I mean it's it's all in the eye of a holder, man. Whether or not you want to watch a film because you know it's uh, you know because it's somebody who you may disagree with or you have somebody. Like Roman Polanski, you know, who's uh, somebody, you know, a notorious uh, uh, artist, but I think is a, is a thing is a genius. You know, I think he's one of the great artists of the 20th century. I, I think that's pretty, uh, you know, despite whatever may happen later on in his life, um, it, there's really no denying, to me at least, that he is a genius. And he continued to be a genius. I think The, the Pianist is one of the great films of the 21st century. And I just remember seeing a comment sometimes, somebody trying to dis, dis like, take that away from him because of his uh, personal life. And I'm just like, man, if if this was the same exact film directed by somebody else, you would have a completely different opinion. But because it's this guy that you don't like, then, you know, like shadowing your your criticism of the film. And I don't think that's a great way to, to critique films. 
that's a total side tangent there. I do apologize for that, man. This coffee's getting to me. Um, gosh, I really did not get to anything else I was trying to talk to. This is what happens when I ramble on, man. I just start going off. But, uh, yeah, it, it gave me, uh, you know, I, I know I'm kind of talking about the different way of looking at Godard, but it also, it did give me an appreciation, a different way of looking at his films, a lot of his, uh, t- his stylistic techniques that he was more aware of early on, but then later on shifting away after a uh, weekend, the shift in filming, the shift in the kinds of films he was making, uh, like what the hell was that film, man, that he did with um, Gerard Depardieu from, I think the nineties, man. Uh, I want to see if I can find it right here. Uh, which I don't think is a great film or anything like that, but I found it to be very interesting. I want to, it's, uh, somebody's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, the name is Oh, What Was Me, but it translates to Hellas Poor Moy. Very interesting film from 1993 that I like quite a bit. So, I mean, it's, uh, I'd be interested to read uh, another of, kind of a, uh, another portrait of him, kind of looking at the film, specifically about the filmmaking evolution of him, because the, the book also goes off sometimes on the political climate of France, France at the time, some of the ideologies that Godard and company were um, going after that I, truthfully, I, I won't even act like I totally understood it all. There, there's a couple times where they're going off about Maoism that I just, I didn't uh, uh, totally understand. Um, even the student kind of protests of the mid-60s that the Truefoot book talks about a little bit as well, but even still, I, I didn't quite get a good, um, a totally good portrait of what exactly the political turmoil was, but either way, I just wanted to highlight that I think Adar is one of the great French artists of the 20th century and is in good company with the other great French filmmakers of the time, the Truffauts, the Romers, the Chabrols, um, who were just making really interesting work all around the same time, and oh, the Vardas, of course, I mean, she was kind of doing her own thing, um, but, you know, it's important to mention her as well. I mean, like Agnes Varda is a filmmaker I'm not really, you know, a, a big fan of, but I, I find her be a very, also R.I.P., everyone's dying. Also, I, I find her be a very interesting person. I find the evolution of her filmmaking to be very interesting. The uh, documentary side of her career and the theatrical narrative side, uh, not narrative, the, the cinematic side, I should say, um, of her career as well. Uh, I, I'm less interested in some of her works but I find it very, very interesting as well. And of course, Jacques Demi, you know, married to Varda, who was also making uh, just really incredible, interesting films as well. Um, but yeah, man, that's a whole tangent right there. But anyways, with that said, uh, let's see here, man. Let get another sip of this coffee and we'll go on. I recently watched, a little while ago, a film that I have, uh, I really have been enamored with. Uh, Symbiopsychotaxoplasm Take One, directed by William Greaves. Uh, from 1968, and I watched this around the same time that I had watched David Holzman's Diary from, I think, 68 or 69. Two very interesting, I'm sorry, 67, interesting transgressive pieces of, of bordering the line between a narrative film and a documentary. And when I say narrative, that's probably not the right word to use because narrative does not necessarily mean, does not distinguish itself from a documentary, but I would say cinematic. I don't know what word I'm trying to think of right now. I, I'm not going to bother trying to rattle my head for what I mean, but you guys know what I'm saying. Anyways, but I watched Symbiotic Psychotaxoplasm Take One and David Holzman's Diary around the same time. I, I loved both the films. Uh, bordering that line, you're watching the film. Now, David Holzman's Diary, to my knowledge, is completely fictional. I think it was kind of uh, uh, portrayed as being documentary. 
um, but but it's not. And and with Psychotaxoplasm, take one. Again, it it, it does kind of ride that line. And what's interesting is that I recently watched Take Two and a Half, which was made in 2005. William Greaves returns. Uh, you had two of the main actors from the first film return. The um, I don't remember their names. Uh, kind of doing the same thing where they're going to Central Park, and they're doing this film. In a, and uh, what's interesting in the first film is that you have the crew going along with the word of William Greaves. They're questioning what is actually happening in the film. They're questioning whether William Greaves is, is more or less a fraud in a way. Um, what exactly they're getting at. And this film as well, surprisingly enough, I think actually, for being such a long gap after the first film, is a really great follow-up with that film. Doing sort of the same thing, but not necessarily a lot of the same ideas because this film it's much for, for I mean the first I would say half hour or so it's really kind of a retelling re montage of the first film and we cut to them actually watching the film in a cinema uh with Steve Buscemi actually who plays a part in the film um and William Greaves talks about the what the meaning is of the uh symbio uh symbiotaxoplasm the kind of movement between these actors and, and putting Psycho in between that, in between the, the uh, in the middle of the word, I should say, and going off with these actors telling almost an incomplete, really an incomplete story in a way, kind of having this complete symbio-psychotaxoplasm, taxoplasmic kind of idea, kind of coming full circle. Uh, oh, geez, I'm actually running out of time here. Gosh, I probably shouldn't have started talking about this because I want to go more in depth on it, but I'm running out of time, so maybe I'll actually continue this next week. But it's a beautiful day, like I said. Um, definitely seize the moment, seize the day. Make sure you're using your time wisely. Make sure you're using the time that you want to be doing what it is you want to do when you want to do it. Do not fall prey to society and what they want you to do. Do not fall prey to whatever it is you do not want to do for the sake of accommodating others. Be kind, be polite, but also have your feet firmly on the ground and be aware, man. Oh, man, that cat that cat is purring up a storm. You can just see it from over here, man. He's, he's living the American dream. And so are we, man. We're going to get the job done. We're going to take in a day. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to do it all, man. God, I'm stumbling over my words, man. I'm going to, I'm going to stop this right now. Finish off this coffee. All right, man, you guys take care.